When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Kids, when, when they're referencing... Daniel, I don't care about kids, okay? Kids can flipping get a life, man, okay? Arguably, possibly the most shocking thing in international fourth football. As in, this, this is on par with 7-1. <laughs> it is. I mean, like you, you can laugh for the ones. This is this is on par with seven one. I don't know what to yeah. say. You know, I had a slight suspicion Sweden can do it, given the, the you always have that strain because Italy. That's the kind of thing that Italy will do. That like you have the strain suspicion that's okay. Probably it, they could possibly do it, but I sense myself that wait a minute. So Italy are not going to score a goal in 90 minutes at the San Siro against the worst Swedish side I've ever seen. Because I've been watching Sweden since 1994 when Lars used to be playing. And this is the worst Swedish side that I've ever seen. Like, literally, they have one player, Forsberg, that's it. Like, it didn't make any scientific sense <laughs> that they would not be able to register a single goal. In 180 minutes? Well, no, 120 minutes. No, 180, 90 times two, bro. Oh yeah, so yes, yeah, yeah, one, yeah. My God, yeah, one, one. Lord, it's it's, it's everyone makes it worse, man. <laughs> Did so the list of teams not going to the World Cup is ridiculous at this point. You so have Italy, you have USA doesn't count. So look, that's that's not a big loss. Like Chile, Netherlands, and it's really to be honest, Italy, Netherlands, because those are World Cup stalwarts, guys who have always consistently been heavyweights at the World yeah. Cup, like. It goes Italy, then I remember Holland missed out in 2002. Well, Italy, the last time this happened was in 1958 when like flipping dinosaurs were on the planet. <laughs> did did you obviously you saw like Buffon like crying tears and whatnot? You know what? Okay, can I can I please speak on this whole Buffon thing? You're a legend, it's amazing what you've done. But I'm tired of the tears. I'm tired of the oh, before what a legend. I'm tired of the oh man, he bows out. Look, this for me, this was a blessing in disguise for for it's Italy, because what this does is that first of all, 
Ventura, he's gone. Tavecchio, who's actually a racist, he's gone as well. Donnarumma will finally now be Italy's number one, something that should have happened about a year ago or so. So he will finally now be the number one for, for, for Italy. You know, this would be a good thing when literally they just completely re- refurbish and redesign the whole makeup of Italian football, man. Well, that, I mean, I can't, I, I, I mean, I'm in disbelief. I am in are, disbelief. Are we really, though? They started Gabbiadini in a game they had to win instead of Bellotti. He left Insigne, who's well, been balling for Napoli. I know that he said but Bellotti wasn't fully fit, so there was a fitness issue with Bellotti. Insigne, again, I think there might be an, an issue with him, but in a game like that, you put Insigne. If, if you don't start, say, my gosh, you bring... Benedetti? <laughs> you bring him up. It's like, it's, 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 it's like who, who the hell is Benedetti? Like... Like that sounds like 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 one of like flipping um Michael Corleone's like sidemen, you know. So you just you just leave him on the bench. Like I don't get it. I don't get any of it. But that that whole generation, I guess, like the the Durassis, they're not going to be in the team anymore. Buffon's gone. Four years from now, you're not going to have the back three of Chiellini, Benucci, Barzagli. Kondreva started, which I thought was weird. Just that that whole. Old Italian guard are gonna be gone. Yeah, De Rossi as well, man. He's gonna. Yeah, it, it is. It's it, it. It you're you're right in the sense that it's an opportunity for them to kind of rebuild the thing. But the people they have in charge, they need. It needs to be like burnt down no, and then Ventura built back up. Get to Mars, man. Ventura can't stay in Italy tonight, man. Do you know what needs to happen? They need to get Antonio Conte back in there somehow. Just pay pay the man as much money as they have or as much money as they can afford and get him to build the squad or something. If if Antonio Conte was in charge of that team, like if he stayed after the Euro instead of going to Chelsea, that team's in the World Cup. Like there's no question. They probably finished top of their group instead of Spain. But I, I think the the coach, Ventura, he was like, as soon as we knew Spain were in the group, we knew we were going to have to go to the playoff. Like they already had a losing mentality from jump. You're Italy. That's mm. incredible. And then you have players like um, Jorginho. You picked Italy over mm. Brazil. Then you have the El Sharbis of the world. Like, you could have picked Egypt. Yeah, yeah, went, yeah. But you went with Italy. They left. Well, I was going to bring up Balotelli, but Ghana didn't make it, did they? Sorry. Yeah, but some Ghana. Like, <laughs> yeah, but look, but look at Italy. You didn't bring, I mean, Balotelli and Jovinko are there, and you didn't even bring them into the whole team. And also, look, you say that for Jovinko, oh, he's playing in Canada, so that's not a proper league. You put, put Jovinko in this match, he'll probably win you the game and do something to help you win the, the game. A good player is a good player. It doesn't matter where they, they, they play. Yeah, no, it's like the World Cup, man. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This is my, this will be my first time experiencing it, man. You said 1958. Yeah. It would be very arrogant and wrong for Ibrahimovic to co-opt this and return for the World Cup. He could just do what, like a Zidane in two thousand six. Well, a huge difference. Zidane actually helped France qualify when they were in trouble. Mm. That's the first thing he actually helped them in, in qualifying, which Ibra has not done. Second thing, it's Zidane. Zidane is um, Ibrahimovic's bi- biological father. So you know they're le- they're different levels, man. Come on, man. There's there's no way Zlatan doesn't play in the World Cup. He's gonna come back. He's gonna be mm. that guy, and he's gonna come back, which isn't a bad thing, as you say. They're like a one man team, really, with just Forsberg. So adding Zlatan in the team will give defenses an extra thing to think about. It's kind of like shady in that, like you didn't help us to get here, 
in a way, but he'll be back. Are you in defense of him coming back for the World Cup with Sweden? I, I don't think it's right in that like you retired after the Euros, and so you just, you already kind of decided that you weren't going to come, or you thought that we weren't going to make it anyway, so you just decide I'm not going to play. But it's the World Cup, so <laughs> I can understand why someone would come out of retirement, especially if he's fit. Like if he's if he comes back from his injury, he plays a few months for United or whatnot, and he's playing serviceably. Sure, come back. It's the World Cup. I understand why you would come out of retirement in that case. And uh, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's a good thing to get a, a personality um, like that in the World Cup, seeing as we've lost Italy, we've lost Alexis, there's no Robin, there's no Gareth Bale. So at least there's a Zlatan. It's supposed to be a mailbag episode, so yeah, uh, man. This this is <laughs> this is talking tactics, uh, episode seventy five. We do this every Tuesday. Thank you for listening. Carl is currently at a, I think, a mental health award ceremony. So hopefully he wins and comes back next week with some good news. You can follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics. You can follow on Facebook. Um, search us, and hopefully one of the random accounts you'll you'll see our logo and whatnot. Um, you can follow us on Instagram as well. Please follow the SoundCloud page. If you if you don't, hit the hearts if you're on SoundCloud. Um, if you could retweet this on your page or spread it however you can, please do. Word of mouth. If you know anybody who likes football and podcasts, maybe you could direct them in our way. It's much appreciated, everybody who shares it and puts it out there. We, we thank you. As for iTunes reviews, I think we have one pretty long. Let's see if I can pull it up. Um, this review is from Justin McGurk from Trinidad and Tobago. He says, my name is Justin McGurk from Trinidad and Tobago. And I just want to say that Talking Tactics is the best podcast out right now. It's pretty amusing how three guys I've never met and probably never will have such a profound impact on me. You guys help me get through my workday. Have Hope is extremely knowledgeable on so many topics and is a great analyst, seeing between the lines and making observations a lot of us don't see. Daniel is a great host of the show. His laugh is golden and puts life into my life. Okay. Carl is the epitome of a modern football analyst, and his unique way of viewing the game gives me insight I never knew I had. This is, yeah. easily, <laughs> this is easily the most educational podcast out there. Love you guys. I love how you guys talk more than just football and highlight several different issues in society. Oh, and Daniel, how does it feel not to make next year's World Cup? I'm from the nation that burned your ticket to Russia. Evil laugh. You probably don't know this, but you all did the same to us back in 1989 when you all defeated us in our own backyard. I guess we're even now. Revenge is so sweet. It's all fair and love and football, not soccer in parentheses. <laughs> uh, keep it going, guys. Please do more than one episode per week. This podcast is too good to wait all week for one episode. Lots of love coming from TNT, guys. So thank you for the glowing review. Justin, I'm, I'm not from America, bro. I know that the Trinidad beat the United States 2-0, I think. Um, or maybe 2-1. Oh, so, so, so you're half Ghanaian, half... Um, so, sorry, half Ugandan, half kind of Canadian. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not from America, so I don't I don't pledge any loyalty to the United States. Oh, say so can you seek by the dawn's early night. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't hurt my feelings too much that the U.S. didn't make it. Canada's been in one World Cup, 1986. Um... Oh, 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 yeah. and, and also, by the way, um, I'm currently under review in the brick in my brick academy. I was gonna bring it up, man. I was. Gonna... 
<laughs> How does it feel being under review in your own Brick Academy, bro? Um, it feels strange, but I mean, I had to do it. I had to do it. Based on how sure I was at Italy where we we're going to go through, like I had to at least be put under a review. Do you feel as if you've embarrassed yourself? Um, no, not, no, no, because, because um, this is this is just a shocking thing. <laughs> it's just completely shocking. Like, this hasn't happened since 1958. Okay, so when something this shocking happens, you can't be embarrassed. You've just, just got to go, wow, 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 wow. But yeah, Have Hope is under review in his own Brick Academy. <laughs> So yeah, are, are, have you put yourself like in the website? Like it's all official. Your pictures in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go to the website, you'll you'll see. I'm 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 on the first face on on the review. <laughs> yeah, so go to havehopefootballhut.com and uh, check out Have Hope in the Brick Academy. Um, this is was supposed to be a questions episode, a mailbag episode. So we're gonna run through you guys' questions and we're gonna get out of here. This comes from Macaroni at Forza Macaroni. What does Italy have to do to get back to being one of the strongest nations in the world? Um, but if you look at it, the Syria teams are actually improving. They're actually doing better. But I think what they have to do, like as people have said, and Italians have said, the entire team are too old. The Italian board, get them out. De Rossi, Buffon, your time is up. And you're just going to just bring in a whole new team. Basically, do what Germany did, which is what like Germany said, you know what, we're going to go... Th- Right down into the Eastern, and this is going to be a five-year plan. And years later, later after successful, 2006 they got to the semis. 2008 to go to the final. 2010 they go to the semis. 2012 semis. 2014 winners. That's what Italy have to do. You've got to go into your youth team, get rid of all of the flipping old racist dudes, and put in some younger guys who have fresher ideas. Shocking, still. Like, do you realize when the draw comes out and Italy aren't in any of the groups, how weird that's going to look? There's there's eight groups. I'm going to be looking through the group at least one point before the World Cup. Like, where's Italy? Oh, yeah, they didn't make it. The Netherlands is weird in and of itself. Like, them not being there is weird. I can kind of get over Chile just because, you know, the South America is such so tough that any team could have messed up. Argentina almost messed up. Uh, and that, that would have been big. But Italy, man, damn. And, you know, they always perform well once they get to the final. Well, not always, but most mo- most times. When they get there, they're going to perform well. But, man, they, they, they f- this one up, man. That definitely requires a, a swear word, man. That's how bad it is. All right, so this is kind of interesting. Odds first, A1. As thoughts on Chiellini's comments about Pep's tactics ruining Italian oh, yeah. defenders, and he adds a link. This is from ESPN. It's titled "Pep Guardiola's tactics have ruined Italian defenders," as suggested by Giorgio Chiellini. Um, Guardiola, Guardiolismo is, I guess, that means the Guardiola way. So he coined a new term has ruined many Italian defenders a bit. Now defenders know how to set the tone of play and they can spread the ball, but they don't know how to mark. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. When I was young, we used to do drills to get a feel for the manual marking. Nowadays from crosses, Italian defenders don't mark their man. It's a great pity because we're losing our DNA a bit in some of those characteristics, which made us excel in the world. It's an interesting perspective from someone who's a holdover from a time where... At least, uh, Chiellini seems like he would fit in that kind of 90s football 
hard man defender. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, and someone who's watching, I guess he probably started his if he's if he's thirty, he probably started his career in the I don't know late nineties maybe. Someone who's watched the game kind of develop while he's kind of trying to maneuver in it as an older man. I was I was talking with this with somebody that if you watch nineties football, like if you go back and you watch you know the ninety eight World Cup or the ninety four World Cup, the game is it's a lot. It was a lot slower back then. Defenders now are asked to do a lot more um, in terms of making decisions with the, with the with the speed of the game, um, the way tactics have evolved. You need defenders and even goalkeepers who can play with their feet. Um, I think it's interesting that a lot of the goalkeepers we're seeing now were born after or right when the back pass rule came into effect. When that back pass rule came into effect, goalkeepers were just taught kick it long, just get rid of it. Um, but now the the goalkeeper's like maybe Neuer might be like maybe the first one like that that generation of goalkeeper who were born in the mid '80s who would have been I think the rule came into effect in like the early '90s so he might have been like six or seven he would, though every goalkeeper after that kind of time period would have time to kind of know what to do and I feel like that's that's the same thing with defenders in a way where you have to know how to play with your feet, or that same thing is happening with defenders. Um, if you picture a, a ball-playing center back, most times they're not part of that that kind of hard man, uh, crunching tackle ethos. Like, if, if you want to be a fancy, neat footballer, you kind of lose something in the mental aspect that makes you a bit more rugged and, and thuggish. And I think that's what Chiellini is speaking to. Not necessarily that it's bad, that, that people are adapting to the new tactics and the new, I need to play out of the back in order to keep possession. I, I need to learn how to find a pass to beat the press and all that kind of stuff that's coming uh, to football. Because as I say, in the 90s, when football was slower and there wasn't as much pressing, you could kind of be a little bit, I don't want to say unskilled, because that would be unfair to those players. But I think now you have to make quicker decisions and you have to be more proficient with your feet because you're being pressed far, far more frequently than you would have been, I think, when Chiellini was coming up with those defenders. But you also lose that kind of tenacity that you need in order to make up for, for your lack of, of skill. Um, and I think that's what he's speaking to more than, you know, just Guardiola's way is, is evil or something like that. I just think he means that that way we're, we're losing. I don't know if it's Italian-ness. I just think it's more old schoolness. Oh no, no, but, no, but I think remember, like, back in the day, Italy have always been where we're seen as really the elite defenders. And even back during like the Serie A days, back in the 90s, the reason why Serie A was so elite was because it was so tough to, to, to score. And even now, sort of, since then, like Italy is the only place where it's hard to even break the 30 goal barrier. Like, I think only like four or five players have broken the 30 goal barrier throughout the entire history of the Serie A. So the whole point was that. Italy has always been known as like they are very physically tough defenders, and the point that even Kilini was making is that kids growing up now, they don't actually see defending as an art and something that they want to do. They want to pretty much be like playing like midfielders. So you know, you see the, the defenders now they play like midfielders, and they don't really understand the whole thing of being intimidating, being rough, being physical, doing how to rough up a, a striker, using cheap shots against a striker. All these like dirty you know know how tricks man they don't really 
have this stuff. Everybody just wants to be flair players and really be good on the ball and, and all that stuff, you know. So, mm. let me get your handle right. The Law Twelve Fifty One. Lawrence Archibong asks opinions of VAR in the World Cup. If you can bring in the technology and it doesn't slow down the the, the game and you know that it gets its rights, bring it in. The issue right now is that it takes too slow and too long. Therefore, I don't want it to play any parts at the World Cup. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. If 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 it, if it can be efficient, bring it in. How long will this is from Sergio Sanchez? How long will it take the U.S. to win a World Cup? And in your opinions, why doesn't Holland have at least one? How long will it take the U.S. to win a World Cup? Um, at least thirty years. Because you would need new players with better coaching and a kind of an ethos that can win a World Cup, and that doesn't exist in the United States yet. Maybe you have an answer on that. Maybe you don't. And in your opinion, why doesn't Holland have at least one bad luck? Uh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say bad luck. Because when you, when you look at the cry f- final, again, you're playing total full football. You're not actually being serious about actually trying to win the, the game. Against Argentina, you don't beat Argentina at their home country. And I think Argentina, that, they were destined to win that again. That's not really bad, bad luck. And in uh, 2010, again, for Robin, you had those two opportunities. But I think, for, again, for Spain, maybe it was destined for them. But again, for, it was just really about Casillas just really being the man of the match. I think getting to a final against Argentina in Argentina is bad luck. I mean, obviously, that, that I mean, they won the world cup so they were good mm. that's just unlucky no because again you know that there is a very good chance that if the host nation is decent if you go to the final there's a very basically if the host nation is decent you, you've got a very good chance of facing them in the knockout stage you know that so how would i known that at some stage we're going to face argentina either in a quarter or a semi or a final and we just have to deal with that situation for us that's, that's, that's just a fact you know they lost back-to-back finals, bro. Like, <laughs> it's unlucky for no, me. No, 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 that's not. It's, it's, it's not bad luck. He just went good enough. Um, and when do you think the U.S. will win a World Cup, if ever? Have hope. To be honest, it's going to be a very, very long time because I don't think America will change their view on football. I still think that most of the focus will be on basketball. And American football and baseball, and because of that, they will not be able to compete against the likes of Portugal, Spain, Argentina, Germany, Brazil. I was about to say Italy, but we, we can't really use them <laughs> correctly. You know, so um, yeah, they have to because they have to. You have to take it seriously. Like you can't be arrogant enough to think that you can just waltz in there and not put in the work. And for, for America, you have the frame, foundation and framework to win a World Cup because of your the, the racial dynamics of your country. But because you don't treat football that seriously, and you flipping call it soccer, you know you don't actually deserve to, to, to win a World Cup because of your arrogance. Which Premier League? This is from Forza Macaroni. Uh, which Premier League manager, Pep, Jose, Poch, etc., would be best suited for international management? Hmm. You know what? I think it's Wenger. Wenger? Mm-hmm. For what? For international manage- management? Mm-hmm. I-, I think all of, like, Pep, Jose, Poch, I think they deserve to still be in club management. I feel like Wenger's time in club management 
ended like at least five years ago. So, <laughs> so if any Premier League manager should consider a move to international football, I think it would be Wenger. I think it's less time consuming. Don't be ages. It's that's not about age. It's just about results and trophies and th- like he's winning F. Like he's good at cups. Like he's won what three of the last four FA cups. It 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 seems like he's good playing one-off matches. If you give him the French squad in, instead of Didier Deschamps, they're better off, I think. No, 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 you know what? Yeah, I mean, I'll go with that. That's what it depends. If you give him, like, no offense, give him Saudi Arabia, they're not sniffing a qualification for, for anything. But if you give him France, or you, or you give him, like, Brazil, I mean, my God, I mean, Wenger with Brazil and all those players, my goodness. I mean, he, he, he plays good football. The the word that sticks out is, or the words that stick out are best suited for international management. If you ask me which is the best manager for international management, I'd probably say Pep. Like if you give Pep the Spain squad and he can just do what he does or yeah. did with Barcelona, then that would obviously work. But right now, who's best suited for it? Like I'd, I'd probably say Venga. I think it's, it, I think it's been time for him to to consider managing national teams. But you know, he loves Arsenal to death. And we'll never leave. Uh, speaking of, what potential? This is from Amaro Waves. Is that inspired by Tupac? Your your handle? Yes, Amaru? Tupac is on is is overrated. I said it. Yes, we'll address it on on an extra. <laughs> Coming soon to a podcast near you. Uh, what potential players Arsenal can put in to fill the gaps? Ozil and Sanchez will leave. Keep up the good work, fellas. We'll have to be the villain of the again. I don't think English is this guy's first language. Maybe it is. And maybe he was just had a bad day at the office in terms of typing. Carl isn't here to give Half Hope Villain of the Week. So, no, I don't think he'll be Villain of the, of the Week again. Which Arsenal players can fill in the gap for Ozil and Sanchez? I've, I've read that uh, Arsenal are really into Neville Fakir. Wolfram Zaha. Zaha, you think? You think Zaha's Arsenal level? As of right now, 100% Zaha is of Arsenal's. I know, yeah. I know. I was just about to, you know what? I have this. This is the, you, did you remember like the big four, like 2006 ish? Yeah. Like when Arsenal were still Arsenal in a way? Like yeah. that's that kind of, I don't know, that hub is still in my brain of like Arsenal are kind of still like a big club, right? So would Zaha, should, should Zaha go there? But I forget that they're like fifth sixth team now yeah um but so who replaces ozo who replaces sanchez like if you, if they could get fakir and if they could get zaha i mean that's not bad it's about how you fit them into a team and how you can make them effective i think zaha and fakir if you put them in into a nice formation that gets the best out of them i.e you make zaha your attacking winger and fakir is your attacking mid- midfielder and you have a, a holding midfielder there that could be interesting you know, a different way of playing. I think Fakir will actually give you more per game than what Ozil gives you. So. Mm. Don't forget that they bid $98 million for Thomas Lamar, which is madness, yes. But if they could get him, that would be interesting as well. Where This is from Pac Mouse. Where should Bale go if rumors are true that Zidane's ready to sell? Teams like United, Arsenal, or Tottenham could do with him. Where should he go is different than where will he go if Bale comes back do you, do you know what? Actually, this is interesting because can United buy Bale and Griezmann in the same window? I don't think so. So I, I feel like you'd have to pick one between Griezmann and Bale. And if 
I'm a betting man. I probably think they go with Griezmann and right. kind of add him with the kind of Martial, Rashford. You can kind of play him behind Lukaku if you wanted to. So I think he would give a little bit more options than than Bale. So then where does that leave Bale? That's as, 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 assuming both players want to leave Madrid uh, next summer. Because the, the, the obvious club for Bale to go to would be United. Because you leave Real Madrid, you go Manchester United, you play on the wing, they give you the seven shirt, everything is everything. But if Zidane wants to get rid this summer, and you accept the fact that Griezmann was probably going to go to United this summer, but then they had the transfer ban, I don't know. But where should he go is different than where will he go. Should, he should go back to Tottenham. They, they would have won at least one league. They would have won well, the Leicester well, league. But, the, but there's, a, there's a caveat store, and I think it's you're buying somebody who can't guarantee you full fitness for a season. So the question is, is it worth the risk? I think it's worth the risk, but that's the question. Is it worth the risk for, for you? If, if you're a club manager or director, is it worth the risk? 60 million, I can't guarantee you a season. It depends on the price, you know? If Real Madrid are looking to make their money back and they want 80, 85, then no, you Ooh. don't do it. Um, if you can get him for... 55 60 especially if you're Tottenham that would mean you make 30 million off him I know you've spent the money on Soldado and Nasser Chadley and whomever else they bought with the money but they've made some of that back I'm sure you you pull the trigger on that in a hurry because it's, but actually you know what if you put Gareth Bale in the Tottenham team doesn't that mess things up in terms of like salary because he's not going to come back for the same salary he had Willie he's going to like want 200 250 a week um, well perhaps even more and then what does that do to harry kane like hey like i'm not that much worse than this guy oh, no no so no but then i want to so raise bill bill isn't isn't in a strong bargaining position because mm. real madrid they don't want you they want to sell you and obviously you want to play and if you're demanding that kind of wage then totem will say sorry bro <laughs> maybe we can't afford your um, which is based on our wage structure. So the only option really is United or Chelsea. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think he's on Conte's radar. He he might not be, but Chelsea are begging for a left-footed right winger or right forward. But does he really fit Chelsea's system? Really? For me, I think Bill is perfectly suited for United system and Tottenham for sure. But I think for United and how Mourinho plays. I think Bale works better for that. I think for Chelsea. Chelsea, it's about defenders. That's who they really need. De- I mean, de- defenders and actual wingbacks who actually know how to cross the ball. We have Zuma on loan, so I don't know if Chelsea need a defender as such. Um, how come Zuma is on loan, but you still have Luis and Cahill in defense? How does that work? <laughs> like, I'm so like, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been trying to... Zuma broke his kneecap. That's why he's on loan. He, did, he needs game time. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, where do we want to go next? Would Mourinho to PSG be a good or a bad thing? And how would Carl, as a United fan, feel about this? Are these Mourinho to PSG links like actually real? You know stories that come out during the international break, and you're like, is this real or is this just out because there's no football and you need a story to print? But, you know, you never know. Mourinho could be laying in his agents could be laying the groundwork for a by mutual consent departure from United and then he goes to PSG and makes Neymar left back. So 
<laughs> you never know. But how would Carl feel? I'll I, I'll speak for Carl. I think Carl would be kind of happy. I mean, he'd be happy in the short term, and then they would get in Luis Enrique, Laurent Blanc. That's you know what? That's the thing that actually makes makes me laugh. Is like people are like, oh my gosh, really? It'd be so great for him to leave. Blah blah. So you tell me that Luis Enrique or Laurent Blanc are upgrades. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, maybe they could poach somebody who's already at a club to come to United. Simeone? No, because it, that if if United fans don't want Mourinho, I don't understand why they'd want Simeone, because he's Mourinho, just younger, in a way. They're similar, but I think Simeone is a lot more attacking, and I think likes more attractive passing football a lot more than Mourinho does, because you could just see how Atletico play. You can see that he really coaches as to how to break down teams and how to move the ball around. Whereas for Mourinho, it's about simple passes, very simple, boom, boom, bam, shoots. There you go. Nothing too intricate with how you move the ball around. You think United fans would accept Simeone? Think so. Hmm. I don't know about that one. But if Atletico don't make it out of the Champions League group and they're playing Europa League, you might have to think Cholo's taking this team. As far as he can, and uh, he might be looking to greener pastures, shall we say. Um, his, his initial question was, would Mourinho to PSG be a good or a bad thing? In terms of football, like football, the entity, Mourinho going to PSG would be more box office. So you might have the world's most famous manager managing what, wh- who would be becoming the world's greatest player in Neymar. Uh, when Messi and Ronaldo are on their decline. Please, get it. I, I beg you. It's Cristiano. Don't do you know what? Do you know, actually, I have a theory about this, about you. And if, if Cristiano's name was Cristiano Silva, I don't think you'd hate him as much. But because he's Ronaldo and people call Ronaldo Ronaldo instead of... And, and, and people have to call, like, Ronaldo R9 and OG Ronaldo now. Oh, yeah, that's that really... You know, like, I, 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 I can explain to you how much that pisses me off. Exactly, exactly. So if Cristiano Ronaldo's name wasn't Cristiano Ronaldo, if it was Cristiano Silva from some place in Portugal... I'd, I'd still hate him, but I'd, I'd, I'd hate him less. But I'd It would be him. less, but he's yeah. taking the Ronaldo name. So when, it, so when people no, say... He, has, he, has, he, has, he hasn't taken anything. Don't, don't give me that crap. Man. It does. It does. People have he to say... He hasn't taken the name. He hasn't, he hasn't taken the name. Sorry, that, that name in is... A way, in, in a way, he has, because now kids, when, when they're referencing... Daniel, I don't care about kids. Okay, kids can... Flipping, get a life, man. Okay, I don't. <laughs> the youth are obviously screwed up. Okay, the, the wall is screwed up, so I don't care about kids. Right. Like for me, it's true. Like because I was talking to the um, football banter guys because we're all of the similar age, so we all grew up within the same gen- generation. And like we're just discussing, like, yeah, man, it's like it's very different, and it's very hard to explain to kids what it was like watching Ronaldo. Hence, why it's very hard for me to understand what it was like watching Pele. So when all the guys said, now nah, Pillars was the best player ever, I'm like, okay, it's hard because YouTube vids just don't do it justice. That's why YouTube vids of Ronaldo, as amazing as they are, they don't do it justice. So it's like for us, when you say Ronaldo, there's only one Ronaldo for us. You know, like, when you say Ronaldo, I don't, I don't think, oh, that's Portuguese dude, man. So, In some people's minds now, there's two, which is especially if you love the old Ronaldo, shall we say, um, people saying Ronaldo in reference to Cristiano has to be annoying. But anyway, I, I would be behind Mourinho to PSG. I think Mourinho should have gone to PSG instead of to United in the first place. So 
Uh, that's a topic for another day. Three more questions, and then we're out of here. Um, Patrick Waduda asks, players like Bale, Sturridge, and Gundigan. This is our first, I think, 240-character question. This is pretty long. Um, oh, flip. <laughs> you freaks, man. Uh, players like Bale, Sturridge, and Gundigan, who will only give you 10 to 15 games a season on big wages, is it worth it to keep them? I think you're underestimating the amount of games that those players play in the season. I think that's a bit of hyperbole. 10 to 15 games isn't enough. Like they, they play 30 games ish. Gundigan, he's on big wages. I think City's squad depth will protect him from getting injured. I mean, he could have like a freak injury in the 10 minutes that he comes on and like a cameo, or if he starts a League Cup game or an FA Cup game or something like that. But I think City's depth will protect him. Sturridge is an interesting one. I don't know if he's on huge wages at Liverpool. I don't know if they have players who are on like super, super big wages and him not playing is just strange anyway. I think that's more his relationship with Klopp than it is his body. I don't know if I could speak on that. I'm not really a Liverpool guy like that. Um, Bale, I mean, he was the most expensive player in the world at one point. So his wages should be kind of big. Is it worth it to keep them? If you read the reports, Madrid want to get rid, like we said. So what do you think? I guess his question, is it worth having talented, injury-prone players in your squad on big wages? Pretty much like a, a gamble because you're like, these dudes could be really good for us. And we know of the times that they have. So you know, if those five games or six games that they, that they gave us, they can pretty much completely win games for us. But at the same time, for the one or two months that's there, they're injured. You're like, man, this is just money down the flipping toilet. Mm. So... You've got to have a frank conversation with your medical team and say, yo, guys, what's up, man? Just you know, give us the lowdown. How, what is a true prognosis? So the better your medical team, the better idea you know of like how much they can give you within a season. So He also asked, is it crazy if I say that Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva individually are better footballers than David Beckham? Salute to the best podcast. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Um, I think he's setting you up for a rant here. Um, we've said on pre, well, not we. Have Hope has given us his his David Beckham theories in the past, but maybe he's given you a through ball to a rant. So if you want to, you know, take the shot, you can go for it. So first off, first off, it is extremely insulting to De Bruyne and Silva to make that statement. You actually, you you are insulting Silva and De Bruyne saying that statement. David Beckham is officially the most overrated footballer of all time. I will re- I will repeat myself. David Beckham is the most overrated footballer of all time. He was good at, at a very specific skill. He did not know how to play the sports of football. He wasn't very good. He was only relevant because he had a specific look that was marketed. And that's it. He wasn't a great footballer. Never was. Never will be. Uh... I see your point. I just don't agree with it. You know what? Like, I, I, I can see how someone could say, like, uh, all, the, all, he, all he was good at was he was a dead ball specialist and he was good at corners and free kicks. But in other aspects of the game, he wasn't that great. But I, I think I think it's a little bit of a stretch to, to say, like, he's the most overrated player of all time. He is 100%. Like, that's, in terms, that's saying statements makes complete sense because because of how much he has been hyped. He's been put in, he's been put in greatest teams of all time and everything. Like 
based on what this guy I've is. I've never seen David Beckham being listed in like a big, like, oh, my all-time 11. I'm going to put David Beckham. Pele, I think he did this. This is when I was actually in school. So basically, I think Pele did like, it was, it was like his special kind of ceremony or something. And basically, Pele picked like his personal all-time 11 or something. And Beckham was in there. Pele's Pele. Pele's weird. He has beef with everybody. So who knows why he didn't pick somebody and put in Beckham. But to use Pele as the example, like he's some, he's on top of Mount Olympus telling us what's what in the world of football. Like, yeah. He's been mentioned a lot of times in his great teams. I just, look, he, like, he's the most overrated of all time. That's not, he is, he is. What, what's your issue with pretty footballers? You don't like Cristiano? You don't like Beckham? Like, what is it? You, you don't like marketed footballers? Like, what's going on, man? No, 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 no. For me, it's like, the, the difference between Cristiano and thing is, I think, People need to understand that. Pretty boy footballers annoy you, I think. No, 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 no. no. It's not like, look, I, I, I couldn't give a, a, a damn and, and like, call me immature. I, I, I can't really comment on if a guy is pretty or not, you know, so. Um, you know what I, you know what people mean by pretty boy? People in, like, campaigns for, like, yeah, yeah, underwear yeah. So and cologne and stuff. But my thing is, football should be done on a meritocracy. And you shouldn't bring in Vogue, GQ, and that kind of mentality into football. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is about how good you are as a footballer. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not about what you look like on a poster or what you look like in flipping underwear or how you can sell a perfume or a fragrance. That's just stupid. That has no place whatsoever in football. It kind of does, man. Football's a business. Oh no, no. I mean, no, I mean, it is. It has become that. But for me, like that has nothing to do with me. For me, as a football analyst, that has nothing to do with me. Fair enough. It is what it is. Hence why, like. I don't retweet pictures of football players like kids and babies and them doing stuff. Like, no, sorry, that's that's where I stop. <laughs> okay, my parameter, my area is on the football matches, the football games, the transfers, the tactics, and so forth. All the extra stuff, no, nah, that's not me. So that's not me. No, that's not me. Uh, Gowin, sixty-nine. Two more questions. Should the Premier League? And I guess other leagues and UEFA as well, but mainly England, have other end-of-season domestic awards like the 12th Man of the Year, Signing of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and EPL second and third teams, etc. So this is kind of like a basketball thing. So you know how the NBA has like the Sixth Man of the Year, Rookie of the Year, All-NBA first team, All-NBA second team, All-NBA third team? He says, should the EPL do that? They should. That would be cool. That would be cool. Because, again, it's very limited if you just do young player of the year, player of the year, and that's it. That's very, very small. And, uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't care. It's just another award. Like, I don't care about these awards like that. They're interesting to talk about on some level, but at the end of the day, do they really matter? Not really. So it, it's, you're just having, like, what, another 11 that comes out? I hate 11s. Whenever people ask us to make an 11, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> just come up with an 11 on the spot. Like, my brother. You, like, you, 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 no, for me, I like doing that stuff, but that stuff requires a lot of time. You can't do it on, on the spot. That's but it's, it's, all, it's, it's so specific. Like, what's your favorite left-footed 11 who've climbed Mount Everest with no equipment? Like, I don't know, man. Like, you, you, you want me to come up with this one for free and then... In like two seconds. Come on, man. I'm not FIFA. Like I can't just download all these players in my head and be like, oh, da 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 da. Here's your eleven. It's quite annoying. And then I hate 
combined 11s like every time there's a big match like how many players would arsenal get into the united side like who cares this team will never exist how many england players would get into the spain squad like who cares like why do people do combined 11s for what purpose i've never understood it no no it's it's a novelty thing and there's and boredom and not and the novelty for it (sighs) combined 11s make this 11 why do we need two extra ones? There's already like a Premier League first team that gets out every year. Or like the Football League something, whatever it is. I, I think it's enough, really. You have the Players Player of the Year. You have the Writers Player of the Year. Young Player of the Year. There's there's enough awards at the end of the year. So, no. The 12th man? Who's the super sub of the year? Like, really? Stop being an, 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 an old man, Danny, man. Let people have the, their fun. Then again, if there was a super sub awards, it might go to Mitchy. So if it goes Mitchy, I might be able to get with it. <laughs> Good old Mitchy, Mitchy. It, it, would, it would even be Bashawai or Giroud. So who knows? Uh, last question <sighs> from Rahimsky. What are the players you dislike most all time? Make a five aside. And who would win in a tournament against the other person's team? So we need to come up with a five-a-side of players we hate and then decide who would win if our teams played. Okay. Players I hate. This is going to be hard for goalkeepers. Minule is my goalkeeper. So Minule in goal. Defender, I hate. Hate is a strong word. Can can we just go dislike? Because I don't hate anyone personally. But just the players I dislike. I think I'd go... This is going to be a bit controversial. I'm going to go John Terry in defense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, midfielder. I need maybe two. Um, two midfielders I don't like. I'm going to go Charlie Adam and Lee Catamol. Oh my, do you know how scary, you know how crazy that is? Those are the two players I was literally thinking about. <laughs> and, uh, I, I literally saw their face and I'm about to say, okay, you know, I probably want to tell them, that is crazy. How do you even choose? Uh, and my strike, Luis Suarez, obviously, because he's racist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's my number one, yeah. What, what, I, I figured you'd go like Ronaldo, Yakubu, Givarsh, whomever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. Who, wait, who did you say? <laughs> You say you said Cristiano then then wait who was the second guy you said? Some Nigerian guy who missed in a World Cup. Oh 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 that guy oh oh him yeah, yeah no he doesn't have a name I've got to say like I I don't recognize the name I I know the guy that missed but I have no <laughs> idea who that name was so yeah. The Min- Minule, Terry Caramel Charlie Adam <laughs> and Luis Suarez that's my most disliked five. Um, you know, mine is probably similar to yours. I mean, yeah, goalkeeper's I mean, hard. Go- goalkeeper's hard, but Minule is annoying. I don't like the way he looks. Go. I mean, if I was to choose, mine would be similar to yours. But if I was to choose a keeper, it Joe Hart. Wow. Okay. Because he's been so arrogant, and now he's had his his come up points based on his arrogance. But I just think this he's got a very smug look about him. So yeah, Joe Hart. Defender? Who's your defender? Um, Sergio Ramos for what he did at the, in the Champions League final. Mm, okay, yeah. Two midfielders. Mm. Who are your two midfielders? 
I mean, I've got to go with Charlie Adam and Katamo, man. I'm so sorry. There's, those guys are just like like residence pricks, man. So. <laughs> no, there's got to be other midfielders that we don't like. I mean... I mean, who, who else is Henderson, I don't I don't hate Henderson. I just feel sorry for him. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't I don't hate Henderson. I think people overrate him a little bit, but like guys like Claudio Jacob from West Brom, just annoying yeah. like Herrera, just uh, those annoying doesn't bother me, man. He doesn't bother me, man. He's, he bothers me. Actually you know, actually know what I mean. It's not that I don't I it's not I hate Fellaini, but there is something about him that sort of because I think I because he doesn't look like a football player, like he looks like a cartoon character. Mm, and the fact yeah. that he's such an integral part of United and Mourinho loves I said, wait a minute, have you looked at what this guy looks like? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's something very odd about, about Fellini, yeah. Uh, your, your striker, who's your striker? Oh, it's, it has to be the, the, the cannibal, man, it has to be the cannibal. Okay, so who wins? Um, you have Joe Hart, and who is your defender? Um, oh God, who's my my, my defender? Yeah, Ramos, Ramos. Um, yeah, Ramos. Yeah. I think you win if we have the same front three. I think Ramos is markedly better than Terry in this current moment. Once playing for Villa, once playing for Real Madrid, I, that's probably the only major difference. I think Mignolet and Hart are probably on a level. Even if he's in his defense, because I can't have a team. Of dislike not have John Terry in there. I'm sorry. So <laughs> I'm gonna say t- I'm gonna take out Charlie Adam and put in John Terry because I think Katamo probably slightly edges over Adam. So you, you know what really Adam. annoys me about Katamo, and this kind of annoys me about Aspilicueta as well. The tucked in jersey. But what, do you know? Do you know, do you know what it's worse though? You've tucked in your jersey to, to, to look neat, but you're such a thug. So it's at odds with how you're presenting yourself. So it's so I hate the tucked in jersey. Like why? Nobody should wear a tucked in. Like it's actually, just no, no, I don't know. When you know, Bebeto was the first guy who actually really made it fash, fash, fashionable back in '94. So people it's then copy him. I I hate that in the NBA they have to have the jersey tucked in. It's so annoying. But anyway, um, so if you have Ramos and Terry, and we have basically the same, yeah, you win, just because you have. A better defense then, and I'm stuck with not so creative midfielders, and we both have the same striker. So have hope wins, Andrew. Recommended reads of the week. Carl has left a lot of links. Yeah, no, man, that, that guy is linked. I mean, this understand that we are very casual readers, man. So you know, I think Carl, man, just take it easy with um things you're giving to us poor people, you know. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So Carl has. Um, man, there's a bunch. There, he has an article about um an article from Rory Smith in the Times. The biggest obstacle for young British coaches are old British coaches. Um, I think there's a a bit of truth to that. Um, there's an article in the Ringer by Ryan O'Hallen about who's the best soccer team in the world. Um, there's an article in the Guardian about. Ronaldinho's goal in the 2005 Champions League, the the toe poke goal, um, and I think was it a 4-2 game where Chelsea were up like three nil after mm. like 20 minutes or 30 minutes or something, and then Ronaldo scores a goal and John Terry got a pretty decent header. Who wrote it? Give you a shout out, Daniel Harris. Shout out to the Daniels in the world, all the Daniels out there. A um, couple more. 
One on Sky Sports about Andrea Pirlo, who retired by Ben Littleton. It's about what gave Xavi and Pirlo the edge. Seems interesting. I haven't read it yet, but I'll get to it. Um, and he linked me a story about Nabi Keita, if I need to go in and remember who wrote it. But it was about Nabi Keita's journey from kind of rags to riches on no. gold.com. I mean, I mean, I mean, did it, did it have to be a rags to riches story? I mean, I mean, it's... Nabi Keita's story from dodging cars on the streets of Guinea to the fast lane of Europe's elite by Melissa Reddy. So, yeah, it was a, is a really interesting piece about, um, just his his journey from yeah from Guinea to now, I think Liverpool's most expensive player next summer or per- perhaps in January. Wait, so how, much, how much cheddar did they pay for him? A lot. I don't have the the figure offhand. But yeah, have you read anything this week? <laughs> yes, I have. I've I've I've, I've read the signs on on this on the street, so I so I don't get mud over by ache. Look, man, I just read stuff, man. I mean, all this. Okay, I I read. Okay, so <laughs> we've all been reading a lot more lately. Now that forty-eight million, uh, um, this is this is Wikipedia. So take it with a grain of salt. But this is from Navigator's Wikipedia page. On August twenty-eighth, it was announced that a deal had been agreed with Red Bull Leipzig for Cater to join Liverpool on July first, twenty eighteen. After Liverpool triggered his forty-eight million pound release clause, in addition to paying an undisclosed premium. So who knows how much that undisclosed premium is, but it's forty-eight million plus, so over fifty million. So yeah, they 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 paid a pretty penny for him. But yeah, um, I was gonna ask something. Yeah, oh, Twitter went to two forty. So I've been reading way more. I think just like on the TL. Maybe I'll be swayed, but currently I'm not a fan of the on the new format. Do you know there's something slightly ironic that I saw on your timeline though? You were like, uh, I I think Twitter made a mistake. This and that, it's becoming Facebook, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I'm pretty sure that tweet was over 140 characters. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you you were complaining about Twitter making things longer, but while you were complaining, you used the extra length. I, I couldn't have no no. I'm I'm pretty sure it was. Then, I mean, no, then then I'm a complete moron. Then if if if, if I did that, so and maybe not a moron, but a hypocrite, perhaps. <laughs> moron sounds better. It's more apt. Um, but yeah, um, guys, re- remember to update your fantasy football squads. Arsenal play Tottenham, so we'll talk about that next week. Champions League returns. There aren't really that many good matches. I think Barcelona play Juventus. No, what's the and... point? Isn't it the Madrid derby? Real Madrid Atletico. Is it? I think so, yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely talk about the Madrid derby, the North London derby next week. Hopefully we get some good matches, some interesting results going on. But yeah, uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics. Follow us individually. I'm at Daniel to look. Carl is at Anchorman616. Have hope. Where can the people find you? You can find the kid at Half Hope Hot. You can indeed. Leave those Apple podcast reviews. There will be a link in the description uh, the easiest possible way to do that. Remember to make them five stars and we'll read them on yep. the program. Share the podcast again. Word of mouth is how we grow. You help us grow. You know what? I was I was doing some math, which is very strange for me. <laughs> and this time last year, like um, within like the first five or six days of the people who listen to the podcast, we've grown the, the podcast three times. 
So like it's gone times three from like this time November, at least like for the the week people listen to episodes. So um, shout out to you guys, man. There's like no, man, thanks, man. I think that's the thing, consistency. I mean, people know that they have to restructure their lives. <laughs> if if there's a wedding, a baby's being born, a funeral, you're going on on your honeymoon, that has to take second place for talking tactics to drop. So yeah, sh- shout out to all the people that have that have joined within the past year. It means a lot. You know what? I was looking at the World Cup times of like the games when when things are going to be played. Like hopefully the World Cup will be good for us too. Thank you for listening. It, it always means a lot. Um, yeah, let's get out of here, man. Talking Texas podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. La 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 la. Indeed, and we might come back later on in the week. I'm not going to promise anything, but we have some things to talk about because Half Hope <laughs> hates Tupac for some reason. But anyway, peace guys. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.